When I was talking to the kids this morning uh, for the vacation or for the uh, for the Sunday, the children's liturgy, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm really excited about going to see this movie today. <laughs> twelve years uh, for the last twelve years. They've been in movies, they've been building just like a comic book universe. And all of these storylines from these 16, 18, 20 movies are all converging to one point. And I'm getting to go see it today. So I am fired up. There's a lot of people that are like my age and older, which are, are like are, are my age group, that are watching it and very excited and like coming up with all kind of commentary on it and stuff. So I just know that if I don't see it soon, Spoilers are going to happen, and I'm going to be upset. But part of me thinks, as I'm going, as I'm getting excited and fired up and watching, like, catching up on movies and kind of catching up, seeing where the story's at right now, part of me kind of in the back of my mind just is thinking, what if I'm disappointed? Like, then what? I get all this anticipation built up for something, and all of a sudden, it doesn't fulfill what I'm expecting it to fulfill. If my expectations aren't met, what if I walk out disappointed? I think of, when I think of that kind of idea, that, that idea of kind of disappointment, of not being fulfilled, when you put all of your hope in something, when you put all of your trust in something, when you invest yourself in something, there's a story that comes to my mind more than any. It's probably one of the hardest things I had to go through in high school. All my life, growing up, playing baseball, my dad was my coach. It was just year after year, it was something I loved to do. If you would have asked me in 10th grade, like, who are you? My response would have been, I'm a baseball player. Loved the sport, loved everything about it. I put my identity on that foundation of being a baseball player. Well, come my junior year, my career ended. My life of playing baseball was over. And all of a sudden, when I walked out of the coach's office after he had said, look, we're not going to have you on a team this year, I didn't know which way to turn. My identity, the thing I had invested in, the thing that I was expecting to bear fruit in my life in some way was taken from me. All of the friends, all of the memories, all of the stuff that I loved about the sport was gone in one meeting. And it was hard. It was a really, really hard thing to be a high school student, to be 15 years old, and have to face, man, I'm not, I done lost the thing that I defined myself by. Today, in our gospel, Jesus is drawing out this image of us being a branch. And we are, we are, as human beings, going to connect ourselves to something. The question is, is it something as fleeting as a movie? Or as fleeting as a sport? Or is it something that's going to actually bear fruit? What do I mean? Dr. Brant Petrie once said, uh, in the same kind of vein of speaking, in class one day, he said, we as human beings, we're made for worship. We're going to worship something. What is it that we worship? I know in, in our culture today, there's a lot of different options for us to worship. 
If you look at me in college, so in high school, it might have been a sport for me. In college, I was close to worship, to idolizing LSU football. As, as ridiculous as that seems, there's not much that would cause me to have a worse week than LSU losing to a team that they shouldn't lose to. That whole idea of being a quote-unquote die-hard fan, where you live and you die with the success or failure of your team. That's not a, something that's isolated, though, to one person. I think we see that in our culture. And what's going on there is that someone is grafting themselves to a vine that's just not going to fulfill. A vine that's not going to bear fruit. Now, it could be something childish, obviously. But we can also graft ourselves to things that aren't so childish. Technology. Whether it be trying to live our life on social media or trying to make sure that we always have the up-to-date thing can become a thing that I know for, for a younger generation, for the quote-unquote millennials, it's something that oftentimes gets kind of thrown in, in our face as, oh, you're addicted to the new or you're addicted to the screen where anxiety and things will even flare up. Well, that's not just something for a younger generation. It looks very similar in an older generation or in, in all of us when we see things like an addiction to money. It's that vine that we plug into, that vine that's not going to fulfill. Where in a way greed kind of runs our life. So what happens whenever the money dries up? Or the job is over? Are we shaken to the core like a 10th grader who just got cut from baseball that I'm no long, I no longer know who I am? Whether it be, it could be something even more in our culture that loves to run on news cycles, right? It could be something as, also we could buy into to politics and graft ourselves to that vine as a branch. Thinking, like approaching politics with a, with a religious zeal that says only my side is right and that other side will bring us, bring us to hell in a handbasket. Where we use this hard, dark language about either side. See, when the Lord is talking about this today, when he's giving us this image of the vine and the branches, he's very simply saying every vine outside of himself is fleeting. Every vine that our world has, that our world offers us, that our culture tries to exalt, is fleeting. It will not produce the fruit that we want, the fruit that we need the fruit that will last in the world. Every one of us is called before all else to graft ourselves into the vine of Christ. To, to connect ourselves in relationship to, with Christ before all else. Because quite frankly, everything else will end. And our relationship with God never does. It never fails. It's not fleeting. It produces the fruit that we and the world desire. Now, 
I know, kind of a bleak way to look at this, this today's parable. Kind of a, it's maybe kind of a dark way to kind of pay attention and break open today's gospel. But in a way, I think for each one of us, it gives us an opportunity to first turn inward and ask a serious question. What am I grafted to? Like, what am I, which vine do I see that feeds me more than any other? If it's not our Lord, that's okay. Because the reality is, is that God has given us a way in which, as a good gardener, as a good vine grower, He's given us a way to graft ourselves to Him. Even when we stray. Even when we, we try and find meaning in things that are meaningless. There's two ways in which we can really plug in and sustain our relationship with the Lord. The first, it's the place where the priest is probably the scariest in his entire ministry. The confessional. What happens, very simply, is that in, in confession, while we look at the sins and the struggles and the issues that we bring to the priest, that we bring to the Lord, we're weeding out. We're cutting off those branches that don't help us. We're pulling ourselves away from those addictions, those things that might have too much of our attention, and asking God, please, Lord, sustain me in you. Graft me to your vine. Bring me back to right relationship with you above all else. And he does. The second place is also talked about in John's Gospel. Throughout John's Gospel, this image of remaining in me, being with me, abiding in me, is something that repeats itself throughout the Gospel. Well, the same way in which... Jesus today says, whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. He also says, a handful of chapters before, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, remains in me, and I in him. The way for us to sustain our relationship with the Lord after that relationship's been healed through confession is to continue to receive Him. Continue to come to the altar and let Him in. Let Him feed the branch that we are so that when we go out, we can bear fruit. Not our own, because apart from Him, we can do nothing, but His fruit. That we can share with those around us the gifts in which God is blessing us with through the sacramental life of the church. See, when we give primacy to God, when we give God the primary place, the primary relationship in our entire life, what happens is that we come to understand the Gospel, we come to understand and feed a relationship with Him that goes way beyond a good homily. That goes way beyond a, a, a song. It becomes something that's bigger, that's realer. That we come to understand Jesus Christ the person, that true vine, that vine that bears the right fruit in our life, God's fruit in our life. If we give the Lord that space, if we allow that relationship to be fed and to be solidified, then it doesn't matter who the Pope is. 
It doesn't matter what direction our, our culture goes. It doesn't matter who the bishop or the priest of our parish is. We know the sustaining point of our life, the anchor of our life, is our connection first and foremost with our Lord, with the true vine. May we be bold enough to, that if, if our relationship is broken, to graft ourselves to Him. And here, in a little while, to continue to feed that relationship, to be drawn into the relationship of the Trinity in our lives, that we may share those fruits, those lasting fruits, those most desirable fruits to the world around us.